Now on view at SCAD Fash, Manish Aurora's Life is Beautiful. Renowned for dazzling designs and a rainbow of colors, Manish Aurora has brought the talent and craftsmanship of India's rich sartorial history to the global forefront, earning international acclaim on runways across three continents. Designing in India since the 1990s, Aurora's glittering garments celebrate extravagant expressions of self through varied materials, techniques, and silhouettes in a triumphant union of Western and Eastern aesthetics adapted to today's multicultural society with a touch of humor. Find out more at scadfash.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. Protecting this critical coastal ecosystem takes all of us. Watch the stories of the innovators and future leaders who help keep our coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. W-A-B-E in Atlanta, this is City Lights. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. With her novel, The X-Talk, Rachel Lynn Solomon has written a love story, and the object of that love is public radio. Other love themes in The X-Talk include that of family, friends, dogs and above all, romantic love. This book is also laugh-out-loud funny. The author will join us later this hour, and I think you will enjoy hearing a rom-com with a public radio station as its setting. By the way, you can show your love for WABE with a contribution of financial support online at wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. 678-553-9090. Now, new music on very old instruments. The Magic Eastern Ensemble blends ancient instruments with new music to create its own special sound. The group performs at Aurora Theater this Saturday. Yao Lu is director of the ensemble. She joins us now via Zoom with Aurora Theater's Director of Education, Renita James. Welcome to City Lights. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, why did you want to blend traditional Chinese instruments with the sound of contemporary pop music? The types and backgrounds of the traditional Chinese music are very old, and some people think maybe it's little bit secret <laughs> yeah so i think the traditional music instrument actually it is already have a sense of history but also i want to do something change something interesting and it can make it not too difficult to attract the attention and the recognition of the audience who never know about this kind of instrument so i combine the traditional instrument and pop music and this kind of music is actually beginning to exist in China in 
2001. So we call the Chinese new folk music like Xinminyue. Ah, yeah. And Saturday's concert is titled "We Are the Young." Does that refer to the age of the performers? Uh, yes. One of the reason is that, and the other reason that. We hope we will have more young audience can enjoy the music like we play it. We have two wonderful examples. First, would you describe Butterfly and Blue? What instruments are used within this song? The Butterfly and Blue is played by Gu Zheng and、uh, cello with MIDI, but this time we make. The cello and MIDI backtrack together. So we hope next time we will have musician who can do the cooperation with us, and who will interested to the Chinese traditional instruments and music culture. Chinese classical string instruments are being played in the song "Memory of Love." Memory of Love is the pop song and the melody want to describe a person who has lost her love and recalling the happiness in the past, and then when she would wake up, she find that everything is gone.、Mm. So, yeah, that's the final picture I want to show to everyone. So we use to Gu Zheng, Er Hu. We want to make it some feel a little bit sad.、Mm-hmm. And Gu Zheng is a huge, big guy in a Chinese traditional instrument family.、Mm-hmm. Got twenty-one strings and sixty-four inches long. Wow! Yeah. So I think the sound like a little bit like the harp.、Ah. Yeah, a little bit like it. We called it bamboo flute because it's made in bamboo. The sound is more light, and we just got six 
finger hole. But we should do all the sharp and the flat. So just by we use our finger to cover the whole half hole, we do that semitone. And uh, also this time we will show uh, our hu. Our hu is two string kind of instruments, the something like a、uh, violin, but there is very different about it. And this time we will use the new kind of our hu. So I can let the our hu player do a little bit introduction about the instrument. Great. So the arhu is one of the popular string music in China.、Um, it is a two-stringed bow musical instrument, sometimes in the Western world known as Chinese violin or Chinese two-stringed fiddle. It is used as a solo instrument as well as in small ensembles and large orchestras. The arhu is one of the most representative national instrument. One of the most popular in the Huqin family. So there are other types of arhus, but the arhu is most popular, and they can play various ethnic group music in China. It is also combined with traditional and contemporary music styles and arrangements,、uh, such as in pop, rock, and jazz. The new arhu that Yao referred is called Shaoqin Arhu. It is invented by the Gimli Award-nominated Canadian musician,、uh, Mr. George Gao. His Chinese name is Gao Shaoqin, so then、uh, the arhu is named after him. Among Europe, America, and Asia, Mr. Gao、um, has used the Shaoqin Arhu to perform Chinese music, classical music, jazz, rock and roll, country music, and other types of music. The Shaoqin Arhu has greatly increased the volume of the Arhu and improved the tone of the Arhu's、uh, second and third position. Shaoqin Arhu can fully express all kinds of emotions, such as grace, sadness, boldness, madness, and calmness. So Shaoqin Arhu has greatly broadened and opened up infinite possibilities for the development of Arhu art. So in this Saturday concert, we will use、uh, Shaoqin Arhu. As well as the traditional arhu. Thank you so much. I don't think I caught your name. Yeah, she is our ensemble's members called Cindy Fang, and this time she will play the arhu in our concert. Yeah. What is the difference between J-pop and English pop music? J-pop actually is the Japanese pop song. I think between these two kind of music, just they got the languages different because it used Japanese and some used English. It's just the language different. That's all. No <laughs>、yeah. difference in style. Yeah. But of course, the Chinese and Japanese languages are very different in sound. So. The syllables would be very different, and the tempo, I think, would have to differ. Renita, since this performance will be in person, which is exciting to be able to gather together for live music, what safety measures has Aurora taken? That's a great question. So we have made sure that we are sitting in pods, so we're only selling this event in.、Um, Two-person pods or four-person pods, and they're also separated quite a distance. So we're making sure that folks aren't sitting right on top of each other. We are also asking that as folks are seeing the shows live, that they stay masked. 
as well as socially distanced. That is unless, of course, they're, you know, eating concessions or something along those lines. So we're keeping folks masked. We're keeping folks socially distant. We're only selling the pods. But on top of that, we've also updated our air circulation system. So now it's circulating twice as fast. So we're trying to get that stale dead air out of the space. And then on top of that, all of our high touch areas are also as automated as possible. So we keep the bathroom doors open so you don't have to touch those. We also have temperature and wellness checks as you enter into the lobby. So we make sure that folks are feeling healthy and safe before they come join us at the theater. And then we're also doing a lot of no touch selling. So we're not anything that's purchased by someone. It's no touch. We've got clean stylus pens that you use to like type in all of your information. So we're doing everything in our power to make sure that we keep folks safe. It sounds like you have been busy. Can you tell us about other programs for the month of May? Absolutely. So we have quite a bit coming up. Um, We've got a Mother's Day weekend comedy spectacular, and that'll be happening at the Aurora, and that's happening in person, and we're doing the same pod selling system. And the dates for that are May 7th and May 8th, and it's at 7.15 and 9.15. So we're doing four shows all together, and it's got an incredible lineup of comedians. We've got Kiana Dancy, Deborah Cole, Tiffany Anderson, Gilbert Lawland, and our host is Katie Kazi. And she's done a lot of our comedy night events, and she's awesome. And the next thing we have happening that the Aurora is producing is part of our brouhaha in the beer garden. And that one is actually outdoors. And that's at Iron Shield Brewing, which is a local brewery for us. And that's on May 25th. And our last event is actually happening on May 29th at 8 p.m. at the Aurora main stage. And it's a ladies of the 80s event. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it should be super fun. It sounds like it. What are the theater Olympics? So it is a digital virtual game opportunity for students. What we learned through the pandemic is that for us anyway, trying to do extended classes just was not working for our patrons. But this was an opportunity for students to just get together on a Saturday, wherever they were in the Lawrenceville or Georgia area for two hours and we just play games. Um, I teach all of the theater Olympics. It's one of my favorite ways to spend a Saturday. So for two hours, it's myself and six to eight kids, sometimes more, we can take up to uh, 15. And we just play theater games. And we call it Theater Olympics because it's just games. No one officially wins, which maybe was a misnomer, but that's fine. But it's just a fun time for everyone involved. And will your summer camp be virtual as well? Our summer camps are all in person. So we recently came back with our spring break camp. Um, We're working on safety protocols and that went super well. And so we are deciding to jump all the way back in with our in-person learning. Renita James is director of education at Aurora Theater. She was joined by musician Yao Lu, director of the Magic Eastern Ensemble, and Arhu player Cindy Fang. The We Are the Young concert will be performed by the Magic Eastern Ensemble on the main stage at Aurora Theater, Saturday evening at 8. 
The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. With her novel, The X-Talk, Rachel Lynn Solomon has written a love story. The object of that love is public radio. Other love themes in The X-Talk include that of family, friends, dogs, and above all, romantic love. This book is also laugh-out-loud funny. I'm talking hilarious. The author joins us now via Zoom. Rachel Lynn Solomon, welcome to City Lights. Thank you so much for having me, Lois. I'm happy to be here. We meet Dominic Young in the first sentence of this story, as described by Shea Goldstein. Would you introduce the main characters of the X-Talk? Absolutely. So Shay Goldstein is the point of view character, the main character, and she has been working as a producer at a Seattle public radio station since she was in college. And her whole life, she has wanted to work in public radio, even though in the past she thought she would grow up to become a host. That didn't quite work, work out. Um, but she's really used to being kind of the wonderkind. She started doing radio as an intern and then just worked her way up. And she's now a senior producer at age 29. And then on the other hand, you know, the flip side of that is Dominic, who is coming in fresh off a master's program in journalism. He's a bit younger than she is. Uh, he's never worked in radio, and within the first few months of starting at the station, he gets a chance to go on the air. And she is extremely jealous, extremely angry, um, but she also finds him extremely attractive. So what to do from there? But, you know, it's a setup to um, kind of a classic enemies to lovers story uh, set against the backdrop of public radio. <sighs> Dominic is serious about investigative journalism, exposing corruption in government, taking down corporations, helping to end bigotry. And far too often, Dominic mentions his elite journalism education at Northwestern, which you mentioned. How does he end up as a guest on Puget Sounds, the show Shay produces? So at the very beginning, uh, the two of them are clashing because Dominic is using the sound booth that Shay has reserved every day at a certain time. Um, and she's just waiting for him to vacate the booth so that she can use it. Um, so that's just one fr frustration on top of many. Um, but he is working on a breaking news story involving a mayor scandal. Um, and Shay works on a news talk show. She's a producer and her news director tells her that she has to put him on the show. So not only is he getting to go on the air before she does, 
she has to completely disregard everything they already had planned for the day so that this guy she can't stand can go on the radio and talk about his reporting. Would you explain how the program The X Talk comes about at Pacific Public Radio, PPR? Yes. Pacific Public Radio is what I called the the fictional Seattle station. And the X Talk comes out of a brainstorming meeting that the senior staff have at the station. They are brainstorming some new shows. It's clear that there are going to be some budget cuts. The station is struggling a little bit. And the show that Shay has worked on for years and years is on the chopping block. And everyone's just kind of going around suggesting things. Dominic being Dominic is suggesting some investigative newsy type shows. And Shay just randomly throws out the idea of a dating show. Her mom is about to be remarried. Her friend is in a long-term relationship and she's just feeling a little left behind with, with regard to dating. And everyone figures, you know, a dating show, it's kind of been done before. And then again, just kind of randomly, she's like, what about a dating show hosted by exes? And everyone is really into this idea. And this is where I really stretch the bounds of reality a little bit, because I think it would be very difficult to get this kind of show on the air on public radio, (laughs) especially because since there aren't any exes at the station, their boss thinks that Shay and Dominic would be perfect to host the show because they are constantly getting into it at work and just really butting heads. Um, So he thinks, you know, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch if we told everyone that you're exes and they spend a lot of time crafting their backstory and people really latch onto this idea of the two of them as fake exes, unbeknownst to to their listenership, um, hosting the show and people get very invested in them the way that I think a lot of us as listeners get invested in, in hosts and public radio personalities. Yeah, let's talk about the program director, Kent. How does he embody the less idealistic side of public radio? Yes. So Shay's boss, Kent, is a very seasoned public radio personality. He spent a lot of time on the air and now he's in a managerial position. And he is the kind of, you know, older white man that I think a lot of young women have worked with and know very well. He's not outright sexist or misogynistic in the things that he says. It's more some of the subtle jabs that it really takes Shay a while to see, oh, he is actually, he does not have the kind of respect for me that a boss should. You know, she's asked to take notes in a meeting because she's so good at that. Or she realizes that she has been stuck on kitchen duty more than other people. Um, Or he tells her that she likes because she's really into feature stories. Um, He tells her that she likes the softer stories. But I also think Kent is the kind of person who would never in a million years consider himself sexist. I think he really pats himself on the back for hiring women and people of color and does not at all um, see himself as part of the problem. And I, it was really important to me that he not be a hugely cartoonish villain, because I think when you have those kinds of villains, they're harder for people to recognize. And I think with this subtlety, the reader is kind of realizing alongside Shay, as it takes her a little while, you know, that actually he, he isn't a great guy. Mm. There are a few things Dominic and Shay have in common, even though they don't get along at all in the beginning. 
each believes in the power of radio for storytelling and the intimacy of the medium. As a young girl, Shay used to create radio shows with her dad, and Dominic's mother learned to speak English through listening to NPR. What happens when Dominic is told he'll be reassigned from the newsroom to co-host the X Talk? He is not thrilled. <laughs> he, you know, being someone who feels that the radio is for news and only news, he does not love the idea of, first of all, lying to their listeners by pretending to be exes, and second of all, working on a show that he feels is just pure fluff. And I say that in air quotes because I am very much someone who's more into the feature type stories and, and the deep dives and really human interest pieces. So he is immediately against it, but their boss kind of subtly threatens their jobs because, you know, Shay's show is going to be canceled and Dominic is the station's newest hire. He's very green. So this is kind of presented to both of them as a last ditch chance to save their jobs. But Shay really does have to do a bit of groveling to get him on board with the idea. Yeah. With your setting of Pacific Public Radio in Seattle, you give readers quite the inside perspective of an NPR affiliate. I laughed at Shay's comment that working in public radio is like serving on the Supreme Court. <laughs> most, most people are there for a very long time. Rachel, what is your own experience working in public radio? So I started out similarly to Shay. Uh, I was really focused on public radio in college. I graduated early because I had so much internship credit because I was just obsessed with journalism. And that was the only thing I could see for myself. I came to it somewhat a little bit later than she did, though. I didn't discover it until I think it was my senior year of high school that I started listening to This American Life. And it just kind of changed me the way I think it it changed a lot of people um, and the reason it became so popular. So while I was still in college, I started interning at one of Seattle's public radio news stations. And we're very lucky here to have two of them. And I did some freelancing for the other one as well. Uh, and then once I graduated, I very briefly worked in commercial radio. There are a couple um, <laughs> jokes about commercial radio and some of the jingles that you just can never get stuck out of your head, <laughs> very much taken from my experience. But I found out very quickly that that just wasn't a good fit. Uh, and then I was lucky enough to do some more fill-in work at, at our Seattle station, KUOW. And then I wound up producing a weekly pre-recorded show for several years. Author Rachel Lynn Solomon talking about her recent novel, The X Talk. We'll be back with more of that conversation after a short break. This is City Lights on WABE. I'm Lois Reitzes. Thank you for listening. Let's get back to more of my conversation with the author Rachel Lynn Solomon. She spent 10 years working as a producer in public radio. Her novel, The X Talk, is set in a fictional public radio station in Seattle, 
where two journalists pretend to be exes and deliver relationship advice live on air. Listeners love the co-hosts, Shay and Dominic, and I asked Rachel Solomon to discuss the impact of this show's success. This was actually one of the most challenging things to show in the book. And one thing I kind of dragged my feet on a little bit because throughout the book are some transcripts from the radio show. And it's really tough to show, okay, I want this show to be skyrocketing in popularity, but now I have to write this thing that is supposedly getting very popular and make it believable to the reader that these interactions these characters are having on air are something that people are really responding to. So originally those transcripts were very short and I'm very glad that you know my agent and my editor asked for a little more of them because otherwise you just don't see it. You don't see that rise in popularity. Um, but what I was really basing it on is just the relationship that a lot of us as listeners have with the hosts of shows that we're really attached to. I know that just with some of my favorite podcasts, like friends of mine, we will constantly like use inside jokes from that podcast in our regular lives. And we view those hosts as almost friends, even though they don't know us, but you talk about them like, oh, did you, did you hear what Jamie said the other day? Um, it just, I really love that relationship between a listener and, and a host. And especially when people are talking about something a little more personal and, and giving more information about their personal lives, even if in this case, it is a lie that the listeners don't know about, you just mm. feel this really strong connection. Well, that comes through resoundingly. Thank you. You know you've arrived when you make the Apple Podcasts Top 100. And just as some years back, we saw Brangelina and Benefer for the hosts of the X Talk, hashtag Shaminic is <laughs> yes. trending. Or was it, would it be Shamanic? Yes. <laughs> Shamanic is fun sounding. When Shay is scared, she recites something to herself that I would love for you to read. Page 177, the last paragraph and final sentence. Oh, yep, I remember. I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> I pray to my radio gods, the ones who act cool and collected in even the most hostile of interviews. If Terry Gross survived her nightmare interview with Gene Simmons, then I can do this. Terry Gross, Rachel Martin, Audie Cornish, give me strength. I hope they know about this paragraph. <laughs> have I'm you, not have, sure they do. <laughs> I think you need to send it. To, I think they need to read the book. One serious aspect of this story is its exploration of grief. What does Shay ultimately realize about loss? I really love that question because this was another thing that grew organically out of the drafting process. So Shay and her dad really connected over public radio. He had a an electronics repair shop where he fixed up old radios and various other gadgets. Um, and he passed away her senior year of high school. So it is a loss that really deeply impacted her. And she has spent a lot of her professional life wondering how he would feel about the things that she's doing and wanting to make someone proud who can never tell you 
I'm proud of you. So a lot of her arc is about realizing what she wants separate from what she and her dad wanted or what her dad might have been happy for her to have and gaining a, a bit of independence with regard to her career while also, you know, still respecting those memories that she has and recognizing that there would have been more than one way to make him happy. And what she's doing right now ultimately is, is maybe not, not where she should be, you know, lying on the radio and you just know, not really a spoiler, but you know, it's going to go up in flames eventually. (laughs) (laughs) For a scene outdoors on a sunny day, you write, Gloomy introversion is so built into our DNA as Seattleites that any bit of vitamin D turns us into strangely social creatures. Rachel, you have vivid descriptions of places around the city. How is Seattle important to this story? I really love talking about Seattle and writing about Seattle. So I've lived here my whole life and there is just something here that feels so poetic and cinematic to me. I think there's a reason that so many classic romantic comedies, I mean, obviously Sleepless in Seattle, but but plenty of others are set in the Pacific Northwest and that I think there's just an inherent romanticism to this gloomy weather. But also, you know, as soon as it's sunny, it's it's been, you know, high 50s and people are out in shorts right now. That is how, how sun-starved we get. But I just love exploring all the quirkiness of Seattle. People here are just very aware and very engaged. Um, so I really love that, that element of it. And there's just so much creativity. I think just with, with startup cultures, with, with tech, with art, and I, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if it flourishes here because it's so gloomy that, that none of us have anything else to do the, the rest of the year. But um, I actually, I love the rain. And I don't know if it's just because I was born here, but what my favorite thing to do is writing inside when it's raining. Uh, well, maybe the need to perk up a bit has brought about some of the world's great coffee from your city. Oh, yes, and coffee, too. <laughs> I uh, always joke that I am, must be one of the few people in Seattle that is not a coffee person. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you drink caffeinated tea? I don't. And not even when I worked in commercial radio on a morning show and I had to be there at 2 in the morning. Not even then. Oh, my. Okay. I, just a natural morning person, for, for better or for worse. It is the, the burden I, ca- I carry. <laughs> no. That's a great thing, especially for that early morning show. The show The X Talk was built on a lie. The idea that the two co-hosts once dated, broke up, and were then giving relationship advice over the air. The book The X Talk has such excitement in the way it unfolds and suspense toward the end. Is there anything more we can say without spoilers? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could say, you know, everything kind of culminates in a big podcasting festival <laughs> that that Shay and Dominic go to toward the end of the book. That was a lot of fun to write. Uh, but I guess something without spoiling, one of my favorite bits to write 
was uh, something that takes place around the midpoint. And that's when they get a call from a listener live on the air who questions the validity of their relationship. Uh, they have found something online that indicates maybe they weren't actually dating the way that they said they were. So Shay and Dominic's boss books an Airbnb for them um, on an island in the Pacific Northwest and tells them to spend the weekend together and not to come back until they know everything about each other. And I just love taking two people who have a lot of complicated feelings for each other and putting them in a confined space and seeing what happens. So that was a lot of fun. Well, it was a lot of fun to read, too. Thank you. Shay has socks with the design of a fish holding a microphone beneath the words Ira Bass. (laughs) Do such public radio socks exist? Oh my gosh, I am not sure. I would be surprised if they didn't. (laughs) So maybe if not, I need to make some. I, you know, I think sometimes I write my way up to a pun just so I can, (laughs) just so I can entertain myself, but uh, they've got to be out there somewhere. I think those would make a fabulous pledge. Thank you. You need to contact this American life. (laughs) I have so enjoyed talking with you and really delighted in reading this book. Rachel Solomon, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Lois. This was really wonderful. Rachel Lynn Solomon is a former producer at an NPR affiliate in Seattle. Her recent novel is The X-Talk, a romantic comedy set in a public radio station. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate. And thanks.